the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, indeed. It is the Dennis Prager program, and I am hearing myself twice. Let's see if we can fix that little echo problem. There we go. So much better now. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. My name is Bob France, sitting in for the brilliant Dennis Prager. I am live in the ReliefFactor.com studios of AM 1420, The Answer, in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, I'm so glad to be with you today. We have a reason to celebrate today. That reason is, well, freedom. We are going to celebrate freedom today, and we're going to explain why in just a moment, but not before I give you uh, what I like to do at the start of all of my local shows here in Cleveland, Ohio. And I started doing this in response to the Democrats in various House committees who refuse to allow the Pledge of Allegiance to be recited at the start of those committee meetings. They say it's just too much. We don't need to say the Pledge all the time. We say it at the start of the day. We don't need to say it at the start of various hearings and meetings and these kinds of things. And to that, I say hogwash. Let's listen and take a pause for the Pledge of Allegiance. I do this to show uh, pride and patriotism in my country, and I do it to tick off liberals who hate the Pledge of Allegiance. So please, if, unless you're driving right now, stand with us and recite the pledge. Everyone stand up and say it with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice job, everyone! Yes, a very nice job by that young man. I choose children, by the way. I choose children whenever I play the play. For listeners of my regular show in Cleveland, Ohio, this is a little redundant for you, and I apologize, but to the rest of the Dennis Prager vast nationwide audience, I, uh, I choose children to do that pledge when I play it oftentimes because I need that lift. I need that spiritual lift, hearing children reciting patriotism, pride, I, I, I do that because of all of the children that are forced to recite the ridiculous uh, incantations of the far left, including something we'll talk about later on in the program called the Gay BCs. I'm not making that up. It's a thing. It's a book, and children are being forced to do it. The indoctrination of our children at the youngest possible educational levels is going on before our very eyes. So I will continue to try to support uh, the indoctrination of our children with patriotism and with American pride, with accurate American history, um, because that's all we can do to counter uh, those who are trying to warp the minds of our kids. So there, having said that, sorry if that made liberals drive off the road when they heard that awful, awful sound of a child being patriotic and reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. But now let's talk about freedom, because freedom has returned, at least 
to the state of Texas. Governor Greg Abbott, tell us more. So today... I'm issuing a new executive order that rescinds most of the earlier executive orders. Effective next Wednesday, all businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. That includes any type of entity in Texas. Also, I am ending the statewide mask mandate. I would now ask you to join Cyrus and me in a hearty... Can you dig it? <laughs> because that is exactly the sound that I have been yearning for, the sound of freedom being announced. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, isn't alone, by the way. He joined the governor of Mississippi, Tate Reeves, in announcing yesterday that his state as well will be open for business. Tate Reeves isn't playing around, by the way. Governor Abbott just made that announcement I played for you for next Wednesday, a week from today, is when that will take effect. No more mask mandate and or, uh, businesses open 100% capacity. Governor Tate Reeves in Mississippi uh, did one better and said, starts now. <laughs> he announced yesterday, this starts tomorrow. Hours after the uh, uh, Texas announcement, they said, yeah, well, we're going to do one better. It starts tomorrow. So Mississippi is open for business. Mississippi is open for the First Amendment. Freedom! The freedom to not cover your face with an, a government-mandated medical device without any evidence whatsoever that there is a need for healthy people to cover their face with a medical device. If you can indeed call the masks we have all been slaving under for the last 10, 11 months a medical device at all. The First Amendment is impacted. I talk about this on a regular basis, and I'm going to ask you to bear with me for while I just kind of lay this out for a second. I represent, in addition to my work here with Salem and talking to great people like you, uh, I represent an organization, a nationwide or organization called Citizens for Free Speech. I'm the National Communications Director of this organization, and it's our responsibility and it's our mission to start chapters in every state in this country of Citizens for Free Speech. There is a chapter, the first in my home state of Ohio. And the goal is at a very hyper-local level to work together to train one another to educate one another on the extraordinary attack that our First Amendment is facing right now, that it's under right now, and how we can fight back. Again, at the local level, from your you know, uh, uh, HOAs to your school boards to your community businesses who may be practicing these kinds of things, it's such an extraordinary thing to understand. Mask mandates aren't just being opposed because they are uncomfortable. Mask mandates have been opposed, which is why so many of us are now celebrating Texas and Mississippi for lifting theirs. They have been opposed because they violate several elements, along with other government policies, other government orders that have led to so many devastating consequences in the states, uh, led to um, the repeal of our rights via the First Amendment. The First Amendment, Amendment rather, has, as you know, five tenets to it. All of, them, all of them have been attacked by government in response to the COVID-19 pan, uh, pandemic. All of them. 
If you look at the wording of the First Amendment, you look first and you see the freedom of religion. Do you believe we have freedom of religion in states that have been shut down by the government? When they tell you that you cannot fill churches more than 10 or 15 or 20% capacity, you have to wear masks, you cannot sing, because singing propels those evil droplets that they talk about into the air, much more so than just speaking. So lifting your voice unto the Lord has been banned by government, a strict and severe violation of our First Amendment rights to practice our own religion. The First Amendment gives us the right to free speech and free expression, all of which is inhibited by those masks. People can't be heard, they can't be understood, they cannot make facial expressions, quite literally. People are so sad and depressed, and only now, it's kind of bizarre. 11 months in, actually now, yeah, almost 12 months in, because most of these mandates kind of started in the middle of March, and we're now at the beginning of March, so it's pretty close to it. It's almost a full year now since we have been dealing with these kinds of things. And only now, it's just very bizarre, are a lot of people opening their eyes to the mental toll that has been taken on so many people, including and especially children. The masking of children has been almost, you could almost call it cruel. Uh, I'm going to have a guest on in the third hour of uh, this broadcast today, uh, my friend Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review, who literally calls this barbaric and satanic, the masking, the evidence for a masking of children. Children, they need socialization, not just with one another, but with adults. And they can't have it, and they can't get it, and it's harming their mental development. So the the freedom to express yourself is taken away. The freedom of speech is taken away. The freedom of religion is taken away. And what about the freedom of assembly? To peaceably assemble has also been taken away because we cannot assemble peaceably for a, a wedding ceremony with 300 people, for a conference, For a church gathering in schools, we can't assemble in places we want because we're told they're super spreader events. So the First First Amendment has been attacked from that standpoint. And then, of course, the right uh, to to petition the government for redress of our grievances. We cannot do that either. Why? Look what they've done. They've surrounded the government by a chain-link fence and barbed wire or razor wire with armed guards. We can't even petition our government, even at the local levels, for a redress of our grievances. They will not listen. They won't even listen to our chosen representatives in the legislatures at the state level. So when we see something like this happen, when we see Greg Abbott, Tate Reeves, two governors of southern states saying we are lifting those restrictions, we celebrate freedom. More to come on the Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. 
I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Cause I'm gonna make this place your home. 21 minutes after the hour on the Dennis Prager Show. My name is Bob France, sitting in for Dennis. Hope you're having a great day, a great start to your day if you're out west, a great midday and a nice lunch if you are out here in the east where I am in Cleveland, Ohio. ReliefFactor.com studios of AM 1420, The Answer. My daily show goes 9 to 11 Eastern time, so if you ever feel the uh, urge to listen, it's uh, um, uh, available at whkradio.com, whkradio.com. So all of the things that I just uh, got done talking about with what Greg Abbott is doing and what um, uh, uh, Tate Reeves, the governor of Mississippi, is doing, I'm hopeful, I'm very hopeful that this will spread to other governors. But some governors were actually ahead of uh, both um, Abbott and Reeves including two rising stars who really, really, I think, made their impression felt at CPAC this past weekend in Orlando, Florida. And, of course, one of them is Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. The other is Christy Noem, the governor of South Dakota, who had, I think, the line of the convention, the line of the entire CPAC conference in four days of speeches, including 90 minutes of a speech by Donald Trump. I don't think anybody had a better line, particularly related to what we're talking about right now, than did Governor Christy Noem. Now, let me be clear. COVID didn't crush the economy. Government crushed the economy. You see, I, uh, I, I sit here... I sit here in Cleveland, Ohio, or outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and I, and I dream sometimes of what it would be like to live in a state governed by Christy Nome or Ron DeSantis. And I do, and I, and I think about it, and I smile about what it could be, what could be. And then I'm snapped back to reality, and I realize that we're being governed by Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine, uh, I like to refer to affectionately as the bespectacled buffoon, otherwise known as the little, little Napoleon, uh, the little authoritarian-in-chief in, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, refuses to listen to the science, refuses to listen to and, and, and look at the statistics, the reality, that states that destroyed their economy, as Christy Nome just said, government, not the virus, government destroyed the economies of these states. They did so without any need whatsoever in terms of combating the virus. Because the states that were the most severe in their lockdown policies and in their mask mandate policies did no better in controlling the spread of the virus than Ron DeSantis did in Florida, who had no lockdowns, and Christy Nome in South Dakota. And those are two very different states, different populations, different demographics, different density of demographics of people in various cities. We know that, uh, you know, South Dakota is a very widespread uh, uh, state, um, you know, whereas Florida is like, obviously, particularly in South Florida, it is very densely populated. So in two different types of populations, two different types of climates, clearly, and different types of, of age demographics, that, that matters because we know that. You know, so many Americans retire and spend their senior years in Florida where the warm weather does them, their bodies and their bones so much good. And we know that, of course, uh, senior citizens are far more uh, likely to be harmed and potentially even uh, hospitalized or, 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 you know, to lose their lives because of COVID. And yet, 
despite that, one would think that Florida would be, you know, one of the leading states in the nation in terms of deaths and in terms of hospitalizations and ICU admissions and ventilators and so forth. And they just weren't. Because the science showed that that masking and that lockdowns are not and have never been the answer to a pandemic, to a widespread or fast-spreading virus. Ron DeSantis, the governor, uh, I just gave you Christy Nome from South Dakota. Here's Ron DeSantis at his State of the State address. I see in many parts of our country a sad state of affairs. Schools closed. Businesses shuttered and millions of lives destroyed. Is he speaking of your state? He's speaking of mine. He's speaking of Ohio. That is exactly what has gone on in the state of Ohio. Which is why I referred to Governor Mike DeWine the way that I did. More. This calamitous reality is just the beginning of what will likely be long-term damage to children, to families, and to society. So the wind and you reap the whirlwind. While so many other states kept locking people down over these many months, Florida lifted people up. Take that standing ovation. Standing ovation in Tallahassee for that. Deserved. Well-deserved. Florida's schools are open, and we are one of only a handful of states in which every parent has the right to send their child to school in person. All Have some of that, too. All Floridians have a right to earn a living, and our citizens are employed at higher rates than those in the nation as a whole. Every job is essential. If you're working hard to earn a living, if you're working hard to earn a living, we've got your back in the state of Florida. Now, I want you to compare and contrast that with Governor Gavin Newsom, for example, in California, who responded to Governor Greg Abbott in Texas and his decision to open Texas fully 100% capacity for businesses and no more mask mandates, responded with a two-word tweet, quote, absolutely reckless. That was just a very quick thumbnail sketch of the left's general response to what Ron DeSantis has done, what Christy Nome has done, and now what Greg Abbott and Tate Reeves, among others, are doing in those red states. The response has been, well, predictable. This is highly rec- or highly uh, irresponsible. The worst is still to come. Don't you know that we need to be wearing masks for another three months at least? Joe Biden was asked when we could return to normal. He said, hopefully this time next year. So the left is going ballistic on Greg Abbott, Tate Reeves, and others, uh, other governors who are relaxing, if not eliminating those mandates and those uh, lockdown policies altogether. My question to you. And I really do want to hear from you at 8Prager776. That's 877-243-7776. Which state would you rather live in? Which governor would you rather have at the helm? Do you want the overly cautious and, quite frankly, I think fear-mongering governors who continue to keep people locked down and masked up? Or would you rather have your your, your governor go the way of Greg Abbott, of Tate Reeves? 
or the way that they have already been in Florida and in South Dakota. I want to hear from you. How safe do you feel in your state to roll back all of those lockdown policies now and to lift the mask mandates? If you ever believed in the mask mandates to begin with, I did not, still do not, don't wear one, won't wear one. Businesses that won't allow me to come in without one, don't get my business. Do you like what Greg Abbott is doing? Do you wish it was coming to your state? I want to hear from you. 8Prager776. We'll go to the phones right after this. Bob France sitting in for Dennis right here on the Salem Radio Network. 33 minutes past the hour. We continue on the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in for Dennis here. Uh, in the uh, ReliefFactor.com studios in Cleveland, Ohio. And I want you to hear it again. I want you to hear the sound of freedom. So today, I'm issuing a new executive order that rescinds most of the earlier executive orders. Effective next Wednesday, all businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. That includes any type of entity in Texas. Also, I am ending the statewide mask mandate. That is a sound that I cannot hear enough, and I want you to actually literally just enjoy it for a moment. I have been waiting for governors to come to their senses to give us back our freedom. What? Congratulations, Texas. Sorry about your luck, California. I share your pain here in Ohio, this I promise you. Freedom has been restored, at least to a limited degree, in Texas. Do you wish your governor would do the same? Or are you still living in fear? Are you still living afraid of your own shadow? or at least the droplets that your shadow might produce, the way that the mainstream media, the far left, the Democratic National Committee, and the Biden administration have been, uh, uh, have been attempting for, you know, to make you feel. I want, you to know, I want to know how you feel about what Texas, Mississippi, and other states are doing. Dial us up at 8Prager776. We'll go first to Steve, who is calling us actually from none of the 50 states. He's coming to, uh, from us, to us rather from uh, the great, no- great White North in Ottawa, Canada. Canada. I can't speak very well this segment. My apologies to you, Steve, but welcome. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Thank you, Bob. Welcome to the Dennis Prager family, by the way. It's uh, good to have such an animated and thoughtful guest host. So uh, welcome on behalf of the listeners. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, I was just interested that you kicked off with the Pledge of Allegiance, which I think is fantastic. We we don't have the equivalent in Canada, um, but it's such a simple affirmation of loyalty. And, I, you know, I've stood for you, the raising of your flag, the lowering of your flag, the playing of your national anthem. It's a simple professional courtesy. And as a, as a veteran and military man, you know, I know the importance of those things. And in Canada, you know, we, we do little things to affirm our um, – our loyalty to the crown, little things that the common citizen just doesn't grasp. And I'm just wondering, what does one do when visiting your country and you're doing that uh, Pledge of Allegiance? What is the appropriate courtesy? And, and, and looking, you know, between Canada and the U.S., how important is it to you? Uh, I, think, I think it's vital. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't have a problem with somebody coming to my country and not pledging allegiance to it 
uh, whether it be from mm-hmm. a friend and a neighbor like Canada or, you know, a country that's perhaps less so. Um, I don't have a problem with that because I'll be honest with you, I pledge my allegiance only to my country, to the United States of America and that flag and everything that she represents. I, I would not visit another country. I mean, I might stand respectfully while others say their pledge uh, to, you exactly. know, if there is such a thing. You said in Canada you don't have the equivalent, but, you know, if I go on a European vacation, you know, I, have, I, I love, you know, many European nations, but I'm not going to pledge my loyalty or allegiance and that's what it's called, the Pledge of Allegiance to another country, because I am an American and I am only an American. And I think that's the way I would see it. Yeah. No, I, and then like I say, simple courtesies are so important. And uh, uh, I know I saw a situation where a Canadian warship, a decommissioned one, was being uh, used as a target to see what it would take to sink a, sink a modern war vessel. And the U.S. warships that were there observing the exercise, when they realized the fatal blow had been dealt, raised their battle flags. And that's a high salute and a courtesy. And it's little things like that between countries that drive home the importance of nationalism, but also allied relationships. And, and well, we I'll tell you something. I, I, I love and respect everything that you're saying. And we do need to express that courtesy and, uh, and that friendship to one another in every way that we can. I am not a globalist, however. Um, I am a believer in Donald Trump's America first agenda. I am a believer in the policy that says we have to look out for ourselves before we can look out for our neighbors. Uh, and if it comes down to the best interests of my children or someone else in the neighborhoods, I'm going to take care of my children first. I think that's just reasonable. And I think that can be expanded and, and, and taken out to a macro level. Um, I think we should look out for Americans first. We will assist our Canadian friends and our Mexican friends and, and our Israeli friends and our European, all, all the other you know, allies in the world, we can. But we have to take care of ourselves first, and I will always be America first. Thank you for that great call and that great question. We'll be right back. Let there be no doubt, big tech and the far left have joined forces to purge America of conservative views. So why exactly are we choosing to give big tech companies all of our personal data? The battle lines have been drawn. Big tech has made it clear which side they're on. Now is the time to take a stance. Protect your personal data from big tech with the VPN I trust for my online protection, ExpressVPN. Every device, whether you're on your phone, laptop, or TV, has a unique string of numbers called an IP address. When you search Search for things, watch videos, or even click a link. Big tech companies can use that IP to track your activity and tie it back to you. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies whose aim is to censor you and spy on you. Defend your rights and protect your internet activity with the VPN I use. Visit expressvpn.com dash Prager, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Prager to get three extra months free, expressvpn.com slash Prager. Although I would be just fine if you chose to listen. Uh, I do radio for a reason. Uh, 44 minutes after the hour, that leaves 16 minutes before the top. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Bob France in for Dennis today from the ReliefFactor.com studios here in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, We're taking your phone calls on freedom and uh, the lifting of sanctions. And I I, kind of feel like that's essentially what they are. The lockdowns have been sanctions as if we have done something wrong, as if we, by, by being human beings that are capable of carrying germs, we have committed a crime for which we must pay a price. We must face sanctions. The sanctions include the sacrificing of all of the five tenets of the First Amendment that I talked about in the open, and they include the ongoing lockdown. 
the ongoing lockdowns that are harming our kids more than anybody else. I don't know if you saw this. MSNBC's Noah Rothman, that's right, believe it or not, somebody on MSNBC tweeted this um, yesterday. This is astounding. Approximately 3 million K-12 students, K-12 students, quote, seem to have simply fallen off the grid, not showing up for online or in-person instruction. Their whereabouts unknown by school officials, end quote. That, that is astounding. Ted Cruz responded to that by, re, by reiterating three million kids fallen off the grid, abandoned. Dem politicians are fine with it and want it to continue indefinitely. Enough. Hashtag open schools now. Senator Cruz is, of course, right. And the fact that these kids are are unknown as far as by the schools, they're not coming in front of the computer screen, they're not able to come to classes, and who doesn't give a rip about it? The liberal teachers' unions. The National Education Association or Educators Association, the American Federation of Teachers, fighting tooth and nail to not have to go back into the classroom and educate these kids. Calling it an unsafe work environment, trying to use their their uh, uh, union rules to claim that they're putting their lives in danger, their health in danger, and thus they don't have to come, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't mean, these kids, and I'm just sorry, I, I'm, I'm just going to say this point blank. Teachers, if you don't consider your job in a classroom, interacting with and educating children in all forms to be essential, then you have no right to occupy one of those jobs. Why is it that the hardware store clerk has to report during a time of a pandemic, but you don't? Why Why is it that, that um, shelf stockers in your local big box store or the ones that were allowed to stay open, your local mom and pop store, they report to work. It's essential work. But you don't have to show up for work. Why is it that even now, in various stages of reopening, waitresses, servers, hostesses, they report to work. They are in far more danger of potentially becoming infected by COVID-19 from another adult than you are from children who, by and large, don't carry it at all. The number of cases of children transmitting COVID-19 to other children, much less to adults, including teachers or their parents or grandparents, is so minuscule you can't even find that number. And I'm not kidding. It's so far below 0%. It's a percentage of 1%. That's why the CDC declared months ago that the science says the safest place for kids to be is in school. And you don't want to show up. So they're not showing up in school because you won't be there to greet them, teachers. Teachers' unions in particular. I'm not trying to offend every teacher because I know there are a lot of teachers who are angry at what their unions are doing and they want to go back. Good for you. You do see yourself and your job as being essential. And you are an asset to the lives of those children. But if you are part of the union or, uh, well, yeah, just even a member of the union, and you feel as though it is not essential for you to get back there and do your jobs, 
if you go out to eat even once, even once, telling that server that she's got to put herself in jeopardy while you won't go educate the children, they're not showing up in classrooms, they're not showing up online, and you don't care, you don't deserve the title of teacher. You're not an asset, you're a liability to your community. That's why I'm so glad to see Texas and Tennessee, or uh, excuse me, Mississippi and others opening up. I'm going to go to Buena Park, California next. We're going to talk to Joe. Joe, thanks for your patience. You're on the Dennis Prager Show. I'm Bob sitting in. Go right ahead. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Bravo to the governors of uh, Mississippi, Mississippi and Texas. I feel like an idiot wearing this mask, and uh, thank God those people have their freedom back. This is a, a terrible thing. They've taken our freedom away. And I'm very angry about it, and bravo to those two governors. Amen to that, Joe, and I appreciate your phone call and your uh, testimonial there, because I feel like an idiot, too. I think almost all of us do, wearing these ridiculous things. And again, with no scientific evidence whatsoever that they work, that they are in any way effective. The only scientific studies that have been done that show an effectiveness of those masks are when they use the N95 masks in a, in, a, in a laboratory setting where they are affixed to the face of a mannequin, and then they test to see what um, you know droplets or particles or whatever else can come in and out of that. They affix it. They make sure there's no creases in it, nobody touching it, and then they say, look at that. It works. But in reality, where the rest of us live, not in a laboratory, we don't have those N95 masks. They're not sealed tight to our faces. Some of them are gaiters. Some of them are bandanas. Some of them are cloths. And even if they're the surgical kind, there's gaps in them. And we're touching them constantly, constantly, taking them on and putting, uh, putting them on and taking them off again. And then touching whatever germs might be in them and then touching the door handles of the places we go. In real life, the masks are probably more dangerous than they are a, an assistance, assistance to stopping people from spreading uh, the, the COVID-19 virus. So I, I'm with you. Thank you for that testimonial. I agree with you. And uh, I think it, by the way, should be a badge of honor that Tate Reeves in Mississippi and Greg Abbott in Texas have been told that they are reckless by Gavin Newsom, who is just about as ignorant as they come. We'll be right back. Five minutes before the top of the hour, it's time to hear it again. Now let me be clear. COVID didn't crush the economy. Government crushed the economy. Absolutely correct, Governor Christy Noem at CPAC, a thousand percent correct. And I think we could also probably amend that to um, COVID didn't kill the children. Government is killing the children. And I'm talking about in literal ways and in figurative ways, as they are losing on their opportunities and the necessity of the formation of their young minds and brains uh, because they are not in school, because government will not force the teachers' unions in. I'm almost, you know, I'm almost wishing for, why should I say almost? I am absolutely wishing for a president who had backbone like Ronald Reagan, who forced the airline, uh, the uh, uh, air traffic controllers, uh, back to work or be fired, and then fired them all and trained new ones. Because to me, any teacher that doesn't want to go to work right now, any teacher that is refusing to take care of these kids should be fired and be replaced by somebody who is willing to go and do their jobs. Cedar City, Utah. You, let's go to John. You are on the Dennis Prager Show. It's Bob Fran sitting in. John, go right ahead. Hi. Uh, good to hear from you. Um, I spent half the year in Hawaii 
half the year in Utah. God, it's like two different countries. Can't even. Before I left, you couldn't even walk on the beach. You could you could walk on the beach, but you couldn't stand in one place on the beach. Uh, Utah here, you couldn't even tell if there was a a mandate. Of, uh, there's no mandates. Never have been here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't worn a mask even in Hawaii. I didn't because I always thought it was a hoax. And. Uh, well, I, I can tell you, I can of... tell you this, John. And let, let me let me jump in for a sec. Um, it's it's certainly not a hoax. I know people. I had it. Everybody in my family had it, but uh, but we, it was very mild, and and we all got through it very easily. The way you know, ninety nine percent of people do. But there are a lot of people who I also have very close friends, uh, um, who right now are one who is in an ICU who is on a ventilator with COVID complications and serious issues. So it's not a hoax, but. What they have done to us in trying to make everyone shut down and stop their lives because of what can be a very situation, a very serious situation for some, that the response to it is kind of the hoax, I guess. And I'm, and I'm sure that's what yeah. you're talking about as well. What they're doing to us and the way they're trying the, to, they're trying to instill the fear uh, within us. Go ahead. Yeah, I was talking about the scale of the whole thing. I and mean, then it wasn't yeah. any worse than, than, the, than the flu. Hey, but one thing you said to me, real quick, John, you said when you were in Hawaii, you can walk on the beach, but you can't stand in one spot. If you stand in one spot, they make you move. Is that right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the cop came out on the... At first, you couldn't at all. And then by the time I left in uh, May... John, I well, got a jet away right now. I apologize. But wow, that's an astounding story. Thank you for the phone call. Hour two coming up.